0: CHK
1: News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines from tomorrow. People age 60 or above can book their third vaccine dose three months after they've had their second jab. The MTR says it'll run trains at lower frequencies on all lines as more railway staff catch COVID. And Russia forces, she- uh, Russia's for- excuse me, and Russian forces shell Ukraine's biggest nuclear power station. A government vaccine advisor says he thinks outreach teams could vaccinate care home residents who've been infected as well as those who are not. And epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the use of rapid antigen tests could remove the need to quarantine the close contacts of COVID cases. The minister in charge of Hong Kong's vaccination drive, Patrick Nip, says from tomorrow, people aged 60 or above can book their third vaccine dose three months after they had their second jab. Government advisors had earlier recommended shortening the interval between the second and third dose for adults from six to three months. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr. Nip said the elderly um, are now being given priority, partly because of the capacity at vaccination centers. We hope the elderly will take their third dose earlier. Our main consideration is giving them priority. Currently, the epidemic situation is so severe, we must focus on the elderly and children. In future, if we have met that demand, we can release the quota for other people, as well as shorten the interval between the second and third doses. Mr. Nib added that outreach medical teams will arrive at elderly care homes in the coming two weeks to vaccinate residents. He says over half of the care homes have now reported infections and authorities want to get the residents vaccinated, even if they are close contacts, as long as they're uninfected and are fit to be inoculated. However, a government vaccine advisor, Lao Long thinks outreach teams should vaccinate care home residents who've been infected as well. His University of Hong Kong colleague, microbiologist Yung Kok-yung, has suggested vaccinating those who've tested positive, excuse me, those who've tested negative using rapid tests and do not have symptoms. But Professor Lau disagrees, saying elderly who are infected will develop immunity, but it will be weaker. I'm sorry, but in the interest of public health, no one will first test someone before vaccinating them. We should vaccinate people who've been infected as well, about one month after their fever subsides. We can vaccinate them as long as they don't have a fever, since all elderly people have coughs, right? We shouldn't bring those rapid test kits, do nose swabs, and only vaccinate those who test negative. We have to remove the barriers for public health. There is no danger involved, and we can't let this slow us down. The MTR Corporation has announced further adjustments to its services as it copes with a manpower shortage and a drop in passenger numbers. The railway operator operator says there will be an additional waiting time of between one to four minutes for trains on all of its lines. Train frequency during busy hours will be reduced to about three minutes to ten minutes during weekdays, while non-peak periods will see trains running at around four to ten minutes, depending on the line. A lawmaker has called on the government to provide a monthly subsidy of $2,000 to the pub- to public transport drivers as the MTR and bus companies reduce services in light of Hong Kong's pandemic situation. In February, the government announced a one-off subsidy of $30,000 for transport operators per vehicle or per vessel, while taxi and minibus operators could get a 40 percent reimbursement of the cost of petrol and diesel for five months. But Lam Chung-Sing, the chair of the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions, told RTHK's Backchat program the government could do more.
2: The driver, have the opportunity to contact thousands of passengers every day. They are high risk, fun night job, and, mm. and their monthly income of the driver is uh, reduced under the pandemic situation because of the cut of the service. So, the government, I think, like the clean workers or the airport staff, the government can provide uh, monthly $2,000 uh, together with five months to them.
1: Mr. Lam also called on the government to classify drivers as frontline workers like airport staff. This was a sentiment shared by Alok Jain, the managing director of a consulting firm, Trans Consult. He told the same program the transport industry was facing a double whammy of two crises. An economic crisis caused by declining passenger numbers and a manpower crisis. Mr. Jain said that this was going to seriously impact Hong Kong's public transport system.
2: This is really creating a a situation which is going to cause a long-term damage to the public transport behavior in Hong Kong because I think throughout this period, we have kept the public transport running in last two and a half years. I mean, while the world was reeling under the pressure of um, of COVID, but we managed somehow. But now it is really um, putting stress at the seams. of Hong Kong's public transport, and and if we don't step up, our government doesn't allow certain uh, you know marginal um, approach or certain crisis management approach, then it would be quite hard. And uh, I think I think recovery would be uh, much longer. Uh, than what it would be. So it won't just go away immediately. Usually the service recoveries are not immediate.
1: Authorities have discovered more than 600 preliminary positive COVID cases following lockdown operations at three resident, residential blocks in Shatin, Xingyi and Wai. Of the three buildings, Yutai House of Tin Yu Estates saw the highest infection rate at about 17%. 14% of the residents at Mingyu Lao of Chet Minh also tested positive for COVID. 39 cases were detected at Block 6 of Mayfair Gardens. A new vaccination center offering Sinovac jabs to children and elderly people will start operating in Changsha Wan from Monday. The, the center at Hong Kong Spinner's Industrial Building could provide 2,000 doses each day to children aged between 3 and 17 and people aged 60 or above. The secretary for the civil service, Patrick Nip, who's in charge of the vaccination program, said he's grateful to the Fung group, which provided the venue free of charge for the setting up of the vaccination center. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the use of rapid antigen tests could remove the need quarantine close contacts of COVID cases. Professor Cowling told RTHK's COVID update program the tests were an excellent way to determine if a person was contagious at the time of taking the test. He said their daily use could make a real difference to suppressing community transmissions and mitigating disruption to services.
2: There's many bus routes canceled. There's a lot of problems with essential workers being in quarantine because they've had an exposure to a confirmed case and they have to stay at home for 14 days. If we were to use rapid tests, for example, on a daily basis, we could probably remove the necessity for quarantine. We could say, if you've been exposed to a case, do the rapid test every day. And as long as it's negative, you're free to go. Of course, if it turns positive, then you're a case and you need to isolate. But we would at least avoid the disruption caused by so many people quarantining themselves.
1: Professor Cowling said the current wave is expected to peak soon, as predicted by his colleagues from the University of Hong Kong.
2: That's right, that's what the the prediction has been from my colleagues, that the peak will be in early March, and certainly the case numbers are already very high. I, I really hope they don't get much higher, and I hope that we'll start to see a decline soon. But of course, because we haven't yet got the system in place to register the rapid test results, Uh, Once that is in place, I'm sure there'll there'll suddenly be a lot of rapid test positives that that at the moment we don't really know about.
1: The Bun Festival, scheduled to take place in Cheung next month, has been cancelled in view of the COVID situation. This is the third year in a row the festivities, including the Bun Scrambling Competition, have been called off. The government says the organising committee has decided to cancel the activities to prevent people from gathering and to reduce the risk of spreading the virus. Overseas, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Russia of resorting to nuclear terror after Russian forces fired on the country's biggest nuclear power station. In a video message, Mr. Zelensky accused Moscow of wanting to repeat the Chernobyl disaster with its offensive around the Zaporizhia plant in southern Ukraine.
3: Europe
2: must wake up now. Europe's largest nuclear power plant is on fire, right now. Russian tanks fire on nuclear units. These tanks are equipped with thermal images, so they know where they're shooting. They were preparing for it.
1: The president of the World Bank has told the BBC the conflict in Ukraine is a catastrophe for the world that will cut economic growth and drive up inflation. David Malpass said global food prices are likely to increase as Ukraine's vast exports of sunflower oil, maize and wheat have come to a grinding halt. This report from BBC's Jonathan Josephs.
2: Ukraine's ports have come grinding to a halt because of this war. The World Bank's president is warning that removing these supplies and cutting off Russian oil and gas will cut global economic growth, but it's too early to say if it will lead to a recession. Before Russia's invasion, Ukraine's economy was set for a respectable growth of 3.4% this year, but Mr Malpass says it's now looking at a lasting setback. To keep Ukraine going, the organization is working on a $350 million aid package that is expected to be approved
1: in the coming days. The chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, has warned lawmakers in Washington the conflict in Ukraine is likely to increase inflationary pressure on the American economy. Mr. Powell said the Fed was committed to doing what it can to rein in inflation, which reached 7.5% in January. In other news, scientists say an abandoned rocket part that's been hurtling through space for years is predicted to crash into the moon at high speed today. It's not clear where the space junk is from. The BBC's Georgina Renard reports.
0: This space junk has excited and confused astronomers since they calculated its orbit in January. First, they thought it came from the SpaceX program, run by the U.S. billionaire Elon Musk. Then they said it was left over from China's 2014 lunar mission. But in reality, we will never be sure. What we do know is the rocket booster is expected to strike the moon around lunchtime. The impact will leave a large crater.
1: A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,850. That's 618 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $84.7 billion. In currencies, a short time ago, one U.S. dollar will buy you 115.35 yen. The euro stood at one U.S. dollar and 10 cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 42 cents. And now to sports. The opening ceremony of the 2022 Winter Paralympics takes place tonight at Beijing's Bird's Nest Stadium. Competition starts tomorrow and will go on for 10 days. 78 gold medals will be awarded. The 2022 Paralympics is the 13th edition of a winter series that began in Sweden in 1976. In the FA Cup news, Everton handed the captain's armband to Ukrainian international Vitaly Mykolenko for last night's FA Cup fifth round tie against Boreham Wood at Goodison Park, where support was shown for Ukraine. Everton defeated the non league side 2 0. Venezuelan striker Solomon Rondon scored twice to send the Toffees through to the quarterfinals.
0: the ball is whizzed in and fired in by Solomon Rondon on the corner of the six yard box. It
3: was a clever finish. And the header very well beaten away by Tay Ashby Hammond. Everton are appealing, but it has crossed the line. There is goal line technology for you.
1: Everton will face Crystal Crystal Palace in the quarterfinals. Chelsea face Middlesbrough. Manchester City take on Southampton, while Liverpool will play the winner of Monday's fifth-round tie between Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield Town. Cricket and Australian cricket led legend Ron Marsh Rod, excuse me, Rod Marsh has died after suffering a heart attack at a charity event last week. The 74-year-old wicketkeeper who played 96 tests and was later a long-time national selector was placed in an induced coma but passed away in, in hospital early this morning. Current Australian captain Pat Cummins has been paying tribute.
4: Rod was a colossal figure of Australian cricket. He gave up almost 50 years of incredible service to Australian cricket. He debuted in 1970-71 Ashes series and reinvented the role as a wicket-keeper. He was the first Australian wicket-keeper to score 100, Incredible behind the stumps and brave, swashbuckling style is what left long-lasting memories and all the stories that we heard of um, as players growing up. But it was his personal interactions he had with us which are going to leave the longest-lasting effect. As head selector, we all had really good relationships with him, um, especially during the 2015 World Cup here in Australia. He was always incredibly personable, a uh, larger-than-life, life-loving character to be around. And as an ex-player, he really knew the game and what made us tick as players and how best to deliver news, whether it's good or bad.
1: And here's what to expect from the weather. It'll be mainly fine, warm this afternoon. Visibility will be quite low in some areas. Winds will be light to moderate easterlies the outlook coastal fog tomorrow and mainly cloudy and windy on sunday a few rain patches on monday morning becoming fine and dry with cool mornings in the following few days currently at the observatory the temperature is 25 degrees celsius relative humidity 60 percent and to finish the news our headlines one more time from tomorrow people aged 60 or over can book their third vaccine dose three months after they've had their second jab The MTR says it's running trains at lower frequencies, and Russian forces shelled Ukraine's biggest nuclear power station. And that's the news from RTHK.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Usmani. It's Friday, whoa! (laughs) Anyway, on the show today after 2pm, news of two Korean art exhibitions showing at Solana Fine Art in Hong Kong until the 12th of March. Pervade and Ode to the Moon are open to viewing thanks to the Korean Cultural Center, Art Chosan and the Korean Foundation for International Cultural Exchange My guests on the show will be Hannah Lee content manager, Rachel Lee the curator and Agnes Wu the gallery operations manager from Solana Fine Art and they're going to tell me all about the exhibition After 2.30 my guests will be mother and son Shirley Shi and Miguel Wang now, Miguel is 11 and fell in love with computers and technology at the age of five. He recently discovered the world of crypto, NFTs, the metaverse, and is doing tutorials. Yes, yes, I am telling you the truth. Is doing-